You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. Who gets provoked more? Blankers or Branham? 713-780-ESPN. It's probably 50-50, I think. 713-780-3776. So Adam Schefter has uh, reported that Bobby Slowick has completed a virtual interview with uh, Carolina. This was a day after Bobby Slowick said that his entire focus is on Baltimore. <laughs> he interviews the very next day uh, with Carolina. He, he misled the jury. Uh, because we were all thinking, well, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do this until next week. Which, and, and I like, honestly, I, I fell for it. I fell for it. I'm like, oh, look, man, this Bobby Slowick, he's an admirable guy. Even if he leaves next week, how about that commitment and loyalty to the Texans, saying that he's not even going to interview until after the Baltimore game, win or lose? Now, you know, that's paraphrasing a little bit, but that's kind of like how I read that that quote. I think everybody read the quote that way. And then the very next day, we found out he interviewed. It's hilarious. He yeah. did he gaslight us, Joe. Is that a gaslight? Am I using that word properly? Uh, did gas- no. Did, did Bobby I think Slowick, you're just crushing him. Did he gaslight us or he just mislead us? Mis- I'm, I'm crushing him. I think he just misled us. He misled us. He misled us. Or just straight up lied. He, he it's did not actually, technically he did not, lie. Yeah, he did not straight not up lie. Not technically lie. Yeah. Not he, technically he lie. He's, he didn't. He said, as of right now, I haven't talked to anybody. Uh, but, I mean, he did say my entire focus was on Baltimore. Yeah, which if, that's not true. If we're going to say that if any part of his stance was a lie, that would be the lie. But I, I don't think that a, a judge would find that to be a lie. I think he lawyered us. No, yeah. because, like, the, there's no way the interview was scheduled after the press conference and then today. Like, to your guys' point, he would prep for this interview. Mm-hmm. Like he he would be prepared to make sure he has a full thought of you know what he would do about Bryce Young, what Bryce Young was struggling with. Like there's no way he goes into this interview solely focused on Baltimore and also able to have a good interview at the same time. Maybe uh, it could also his agent could have set it up immediately after the press conference. Like fair. So I think, like I think the other thing too is Bobby is like in the same boat as Ben Johnson in the fact that they're considered the up-and-comers, the offensive-minded coaches. And if you see Ben Johnson is not missing an opportunity right now and he's interviewing with four and five different teams and they're in, they're in the same situation that you are, and yet he's going through with all these Zoom interviews, I'm sure his agent probably also kind of had a conversation going, man, I, don't, I know you're focused, but we don't want to miss out on these things. You might want to do at least one or two. Yeah, I think we've been hoodwinked. By Bobby Slowick. 9202, he never said virtual interview, uh, laughing emoji. Lamont, uh, I don't fault Bobby for taking the interview, but coming out and saying he wasn't focused on all of the external stuff only to take the interview? If the Texans come out Saturday and that offense looks anemic, it's going to be a bad look. I I would completely agree with that. Kevin Wright, kind of the same thing, too. Uh, He had better not lapse in the play calling versus the Ravens. If If the Texans offense gets beat up pretty good, and they score 10 points or fewer, and Bobby Slowick is on the first plane out of here Monday morning. He's going to be not He's very well liked in the city of Houston. <laughs> He's not going to be liked in the city of Houston. You think it's bad if you're Dan Quinn and you've been a head coach before and you've done a hell of a job with the defense, but everybody looks at the way you didn't do your job in a playoff game, and then there's interviews set up. They're going to be like, go, go on, be gone. That, yeah. that, if that's what you're doing and maybe you were already thinking about it, then there's going to be a whole lot of hate heading his way if they don't 
perform well offensively this weekend. Five five three five, bad word you, Bobby. Uh six one six seven, give the guy a break. I'm sure his focus is on the Ravens. I I, I agree with that. Like I, I do think his primary focus is on the Ravens. I don't think that whatever happens in the game on Saturday is going to be influenced by him taking an interview. And Ben Johnson's out there interviewing with every single yeah. opening that there is. And I also don't think he's going to be distracted. To me, what I don't like is he definitely gave the message that I'm not going to be talking to other teams ahead of Saturday's game, and we find out 24-ish hours later after he uttered those words that that was not the case. Ah, you're absolutely right. He misled everybody, and I don't care if it's just you know wordplay or how he you know sales guided it and danced around it or lawyer speak. I mean, I heard that quote multiple times, and I was convinced that he's not even going to start considering and and getting into other teams' head coaching opportunities until after this team's done playing. 1642 says, uh, Highway to Hell interviewed Gerard today. Maybe they got word Bobby's going to be out and Johnson in. He he mentioned the afternoon show. Uh, Lopez used to be Gerard's AAU basketball coach, so there's a connection there. Mm. There's no way the Houston Texans and D'Amico – there's no way D'Amico Ryans knows who his offensive coordinator is going to be next year. No way. It still might be Slowick. It might be Slowick, and if it's not, he's going to take his time to make sure he makes that decision – uh, from the the best position possible to be as to get the right guy because of the fact of how important it is with CJ. You, you just you cannot make a knee jerk reaction to a, a job that important with the situation that his team is in and where you expect him to be for the next several years. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. It's funny today because there was an article in the Athletic. Uh, it, the headline was "Is CJ Stroud that much better than Bryce Young, or did he just land in a better situation?" Which is funny because at the start of the year, everybody was talking about how much better a situation Bryce Young had than CJ Stroud. And if you look at Adam Thielen, had an incredible year. He did. Like Adam Thielen and Nico Collins had equal years. Jonathan Mingo, I think, was drafted ahead of Tank Dell. If not, they were drafted right around the same area. So both had rookie uh, wide receivers that were drafted in the same area. Carolina like signed Miles Sanders as their running back. So like the whole like the, the Texans situation was way better. It wasn't the narrative at the start of the year. No, we were talking about the fact that look of the two receiver rooms. The one thing you did is whether he was on the back nine of his career or not, that they had Thielen and you didn't. If Thielen's going up against Robert Woods, you'd probably take Thielen. But when you think about it it didn't look like it was a worse situation because when we were looking at the roster and the and the pieces to work with uh, i don't think that anybody thought cj was set up for this kind of success this quickly but as you look at it now yeah it's easy to say their offensive line was trash and as good as thielen was he didn't get a whole lot of help so you can say after the fact that you know carolina basically they underachieved but I don't know that going into it that anybody thought that the Carolina situation was worse than Houston. Seven, no, I, not the start of the year. No, I think the answer to that is Stroud's better. Now, it looks like Carolina could be trying to replicate the structure and the support around C.J. Stroud with Bobby Slowick. Hey, because well, if I'm Dave Tepper, I would be totally interested in Bobby Slowick. He comes from a scheme that is the you know all the rave right now in the NFL. Uh, he's the most attainable offensive coordinator that is currently calling plays from that tree. 
He just completely helped a rookie quarterback in his first year. You also have a quarterback in his first year that needs a lot of help for his second year. Uh, to me, the interest in Bobby Slowick from Carolina is a no-brainer. Question now is, is, is it takes two to tango. Is Slowick also going to have that same interest? And at minimum, he's taking an interview, but I don't think that necessarily means he would take the Carolina No, job. because I was just going to say, the, the biggest thing is, does Bobby Slowick want to sign up for that? Because... As much as, look, when I first started working for the Rockets, it was a revolving door reputation, and we were trying to hire people. And if you know that as quickly as you're hired, you could be fired, and there's really no job security, then you basically have a lot more questions that have to be answered. If you're Bobby Slowick, and you know that you're going to be interviewed by four different NFL teams, but the one that you're going to interview with first happens to be the owner that is fired, I think, between his professional soccer team and the, and the Panthers and everything he's done. He's fired like nine yeah. coaches in the last couple of years. I'm going, is that what I want to sign up for? The minute that things kind of go south a little bit, that I'm going to be on the chopping block? I better get a big-time job security yeah, offer. I mean, if I get guaranteed $40 million, I'm, I'm saying, well, that's see a ya. Story, right? I love you, CJ, but I love $40 million. And Dave Tepper's offering me that $40 mil. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Pena, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Pena? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, um, so I'm a little confused, and uh, I'm calling to see if y'all can help me. So... Last year, when the Texans were looking for uh, to hire D'Amico Ryan, if my mind suits me correctly, um, didn't I, I remember y'all talking about that we had to wait till after the NFC or the AFC championship to to interview them? So, I mean, why is it different this year? Or am I tripping? Uh, can y'all help me out? Uh, thank you. Have a great day. Well, because D'Amico was in the NFC championship. Yeah, but I mean, Slowick has a chance to be in the AFC championship. Right, but I think that they kind of... change on that week? Yeah, I think it changes they the week of the NFC They interviewed D'Amico last year before the Cowboys game. So that would have been the divisional round? Yeah. So it must change in the week of the conference championship. Maybe there's like a freeze. I think they shut yes. it down. It's a dead period. I don't. I, I can't keep up with all the coaching rules that they have. I know the Rooney rule. You have to interview two minority candidates for head coach. Um, I, I don't know when the freezes are. But, but that doesn't does, that change? That does like, ring a bell? Doesn't it also change it with the New England situation? Like you don't have to interview two minority minority, minority candidates you if you're hiring one? a minority candidate. <laughs> Sounds so that's long. what I'm saying. There's all kinds of loopholes and things that I I'm not I don't know. I mean, I guess if you hire a minority candidate, right. you are satisfying the intent of the rule. So I mean, yeah, that does ring a bell. What Pena said, but I would imagine that there's if that is true, what Pena said, which does sound right, then I I imagine that there's probably a freeze on those interviews for the coaches that are in the conference championship. Yeah, I think there's a dead period the week of the conference championship. Because all of these guys could be in the conference. Ben, ben Johnson could be. Bobby Slowick can be. So right now, the, the window must be open. Uh, 713-780-3776. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Philip, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Philip? Hey, just uh, thinking in terms of if I'm putting myself in that place uh, of Bobby, I'd ride the gravy train that C.J. Stroud for one to two more years, and here's why. Uh, you don't want to go to a dumpster fire organization because so many first-time coaches do that and are just kicked to the curb within a couple years, and then they're forever a coordinator. Um, and with the potential jobs that could be coming up, I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Dallas could all open up next year. If you have one more great year, or let's say the, the, the Texans get to the champion, AFC Championship, and the next year they get to the Super Bowl, and the offense looks good both years, all of a sudden he can have his pick of probably any job out there rather than, hey, he's pretty good. He's right there with Ben Johnson. You know, it's who's it's a bidding war for him at that point. So he's making good money as a coordinator, I'm sure. It's life-changing money still. 
I would I would sit it out one to two more years, ride the gravy train, and then cash in on one of these. Like Pittsburgh, you get hired, you're there for 15 years. They they hate firing coaches. So that to me, it would much much better situation than like a Carolina. Yeah, but Philip, I appreciate the call. But here's the first thing I would say to that is you can't count your chickens before they're ha- hatched and then all of a sudden think these jobs are going to be there because what if you crap the bed or what if things don't go as well? Look at Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was one of the hottest names on the off- from an offensive-minded perspective as a coaching possibility. And and Kellen Moore you know, decided to, to, to ride it out, take the Charger job, thought maybe it was an even better job than the Dallas job, and then he could solidify everything for himself. He doesn't have the same kind of choices that would he he would have had a year ago or that he interviewed for in the past. And the other thing is, no matter how much you think coordinator money is, like Jeremy said, a head coaching job in the NFL, if you play your cards right, you got a decent agent. That's life-changing money for you and probably a couple more generations of money. That's not, I think the highest paid coordinators are like two and $3 million a year. You're not going to be, you're going to be making five to 7 million a year, maybe more when you look at some of the highest paid coaches in the it NFL, it could be upwards to ten. I mean, yeah, and you could make that for four or five years. Now that that there's a huge difference. Yeah, see, I think Philip is uh, Philip like makes good points, and Philip draws what is maybe the most likely outcome if slow it goes that route. Because I do think that the Texans will be good again next year. Uh, maybe some of those openings are open, but maybe they're not. Like I also feel that Phillip's jumping to choose some conclusions here. Like we're making the assumption Pittsburgh's going to be open. We don't know that. I understand Tomlin's in the final year of his deal, but maybe they lock him up on a seven-year deal. He also said they're, they're, he expects the extension to be done before the start of the year now. So cross off Pittsburgh. Philadelphia, who knows how that situation's going to go. Dallas, who knows how that situation's going to go. And then who knows how those jobs are in a year. He mentioned, like, you don't want to go to these dumpster fire organizations. Guess who was a dumpster fire organization 12 yeah. months ago? The Houston Texans. So you can't you can't guarantee who's going to be a dumpster fire in a year. And if you're a really good coach and you find the personnel that you like, you can start to turn it around pretty quickly and bring a dumpster fire organization into NFL relevancy, as we see right here. Uh, I also think Philip kind of poo-pooed on being a coordinator, but then mentioned it as a good possibility as a fallback plan if he got fired in the future. It's like you can't poo-poo on one end and then like reward it on the other. I think Philip draws up a likely solution. But I do think that there are some reaches and jumping to conclusions to Phillip's argument. Because to your point, you're sitting on a $40 million offer. You're currently, yes, still good money, two, $3 million as an offensive coordinator. I have no idea what he's making, probably around there. But you give me $40 million guaranteed? I, maybe, maybe Bobby Sloak likes Bryce Young. Maybe he feels he was completely mismanaged. He thinks he can fix Bryce Young and make him a good quarterback. How are you saying no to that? No, you're just not. And I think that the other thing that to, to Philip, well, when he was making his points is, well, yeah, maybe Carolina looks like a dumpster fire. We already know he's lined up for three other teams to get three other interviews, and those all have strengths and a lot more going for them in terms of the possibility for them not to be a dumpster fire. So you know that he's going to have, I think right now he's scheduled for, what, four total that teams are interested in talking to him, and there's probably going to be more where he's at least going to have an interview. So you can look at and weigh the totality of all the interviews you've done, and if a couple get to the second round or you start really getting serious, if you have your choice, it not only helps you avoid the dumpster fire, it probably helps you get the better deal in terms of years and money to where you're never, you may never get another chance like that again. Or if you think, well, you could play your card and say, in a year or two, I'm going to have a better offer. You don't know that, but when you know the teams you're dealing with and you know that offers are coming or maybe they already have come by that time in the interview process – there's going to be an offer you probably can't refuse. 713-780-ESPN. Is this a distraction 
Saturday. 713-780-3776. Is Slowick done as the offensive coordinator of the Texans? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now I want to tell you about the good people at MyBookie. MyBookie is the only place you should go when you want to put some money down on the game because they're constantly taking care of you, the customer. That's why you, I always recommend people go to MyBookie. They've always got bonuses going on, and the main thing for you is to remember that if you use our bonus code, which is uh, BET975, you are going to reap the benefits of, of all the ways they take care of their customers because right now they got another bonus deal going on. Whether you're an existing customer and you're reloading into your account or you're setting up your account for the first time, from 50 to 1000 dollars whatever you put in they'll match it and put the same amount in almost instantly that means you've got more money in your account to bet with more chances to win and more games you can play and that is absolutely fantastic and they've been in business for over a decade they ain't going anywhere that means neither is your money they're going to take care of you and make sure it's there when you need it take it out when you want it and they're going to explain everything to you so that you know how to get it it's absolutely fantastic and when there's not games going on they always have live dealers standing by with casino games so it's another avenue and another way Way that you can get your fix on gambling no matter what time of night or day. The fit thing is, too, they've got all the sports. they got the UFC. They've got the soccer, the golf, the baseball, basketball, and football in season, college and pro. They have everything right there at your fingertips so that it, it's easy for you and you can bet on what you want to bet on. Check them out today and use our promo code BET975. But as I always tell you, you bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. It's mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community to Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. Killer bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. He's blank on Branham. 713-780-3776-6005. Just don't think Bobby should stake his success and reputation on whether he can turn Bryce into CJ. Could be what Carolina's expecting. I imagine that is the intrigue for Carolina. Hey, look, man, I, I would go I would go be David Cully somewhere for $40 million, and you would never hear from me again. I would live on a ranch. I would uh, watch television all day i would binge netflix maybe watch some sports maybe not i don't know uh you offer me 40 million dollars i don't care how bad the situation is i'll go do that until you fire guaranteed me. right yeah that's the biggest thing too if you, you need a guaranteed me, you get the guaranteed that that is the totality of the deal and there is very little ways you could possibly screw it up i'm all in for that because that is life-changing money and you look at just i mean not everything is going to be as great as the a&m situation turned out to be for jimbo but you get, what, $90 million to walk away and sit on your ranch and live your life? Bingo! 713-780-ESPN. Yeah, it's not a bad gig if you can get it. Fired coaches have it pretty good. Uh, let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Daniel, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up? Hey, bud. So I just wanted to weigh in on that Bobby situation. So for me, at least, I don't think that it's going to be so much a distraction for him. If, if anything, I think this would be an, an incentive for him because at the end of the day, he's not guaranteed a job. He, he's not hired already. So the fact that him having leverage by winning a game like this, him having the leverage by advancing into these playoffs, into an AFC championship, I think, if anything, that would motivate him to want to, you know, put out his, his best work and really show out knowing that, you know, owners are watching him, fans are watching him, and hopefully that gives him – you know, what he needs to go out there and, you know, 
called play called the best game he's ever played. So I'll hang up and listen. I mean, Daniel, I hear you. I think the first thing I'd say though is is that if he loves the game of football and loves coaching it, he's got all the motivation he needs. He's got a chance to go on the road and beat the one seed coming off the win that they just had. And that, you know, he is getting at least partial credit and, uh, you know, a, a good deal of credit for what this team and what this quarterback has done in year one. So I don't know that he needs extra motivation at that point, at this point in time. And when you think about it, I loved what he said yesterday. I think that's part of the problem, too. I just love the fact that, look, this is a guy that's so hyper focused on the job and the task at hand this week that there will be a time and a place for the interviews. But I am all about Baltimore and doing the best job I can to beat the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I think you're always trying to do a good job, right? Like mm-hmm. if if you have a uh, if you have a respect for what you do, and I think I think most coaches do, I think all coaches do, uh, then you want to do a good job. Now, I, I do think Daniel's on to something in the sense of like if I really want if I really want the Carolina job, Tennessee job, Washington job, like man, maybe I should go have a better week than Ben Johnson. Like, and the competitor in a coach could you know certainly have that mentality and that mindset. So I think Daniel is on to something. I just don't think we have enough information here to really like make that a fact. Maybe Carolina's already given him a really good offer. Like we don't know. Like there's a lot mostly in college football, but you still see this in the NFL too, where the coach has already been given the offer and the coach has pretty much accepted the offer before they play in the final game of whatever they play in. That happens all the time. More so in college than in the NFL, uh, where a coach will go into a conference championship game and in some, you know, power Five school has already given them this massive contract. Their agent has already agreed in principle. They're just not making it official yet because why? Well, they, they want to save face and they want to coach in that game and whatever, do right by the kids, blah, 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 blah. So they could have already negotiated a deal. Like probably not the case here. I would guess it's not the case here, but it's certainly but something that's on the table in the coaching carousel business. To your point, too. You don't need Corn Ferry to have internal discussions to be able to identify and also weigh in the personnel that's currently on your roster that's under contract to where you can say, hey, look, these are the guys that, we, of all the guys that are out there, these are the, some of the guys that we think are the best fit for our team, our organization, and the way that the, the roster that we currently have with players that, whether it's a lo- you know, long term deal for a quarterback or whoever you have on your roster. And you say, okay, cool. I mean, these are the guys. Now, it, for, to also what he was bringing up that I can understand is you want to be the anti Dan Quinn because you know Dan Quinn was a guy that looked like he was lock stock and barrel going to have a job whether it be in Seattle or somewhere else based on the resume he put together in Dallas and the fact that Dallas knew a year ago he could have left for a head coaching job yeah so they were they, he was one of those highest paid coordinators getting a couple mil a year because of the fact that they knew what they had and he knew that staying there he should be compensated. He thought he probably was the heir apparent to the to Mike McCarthy anyway. Could be. But if you're Bobby Sloak and you do the anti-Quinn and don't crap the bed in your last game of the year and he does impress and, you know, say they win this game this weekend, now maybe you're going to get interviews at a couple of gigs that you weren't otherwise going to be considered for because you now become an even hotter candidate name. Yeah, it, it can work both ways. Uh, P. Dizzle says, I would take those interviews if the Texans started off 0-6 this next season. Uh, he's gone. It works both ways. See, that's something I agree with, too. Like, bird in the hand, you know? Like, yeah. somebody's offering you $40 million. You You might be in a better spot next year for a better, like, opportunity, but it's not guaranteed. And you also don't know that it's going to be a better opportunity. This is what I was trying to say the other day with the the, the Ben Johnson uh, Texans thing. Like if Ben Johnson knew what the Texans were going to become and knew what C.J. Stroud was going to become, would he rather have the Texans job or any 
of the jobs that are currently on the on the on the coaching carousel. He would he would take the Texans and CJ Stroud. So you really never truly know. No, you don't, and that's why it's so risky to say I'm going to pass on all the op. Now it's worked out so far for Ben Johnson, right? Like another. I, I disagree. I disagree. The best thing that could have happened for Ben Johnson, in my opinion, is he takes the Texans' job and C.J. Stroud is C.J. Stroud. That would have been the best thing to position him forever. But not, again, I'm just going by the standpoint of not knowing what you didn't know. And you didn't know that this, this, this organization, which was looked at as a dumpster fire going into the, the and the worst job that was out there, would turn out to be as great as it turned out to be for all parties involved. But the nightmare for Ben Johnson would have been, to, to your point, Hey, look, I was with the Lions. The Lions were just missed the playoffs, and all of a sudden the Lions crapped the bed, and now suddenly I'm SOL when I thought I was going to be in the catbird seat. Yeah. And, and when you look at it from a Texans perspective, the one thing that you do have to at least pay attention to, the first-place schedule you're going to play next year. You're going to play a first-place schedule. You're going to play a lot better teams. We all know it was a pretty soft schedule this year for the Texans, and next year you are going to play a first-place schedule, and that makes a big difference. Yeah, that to me is kind of killing more. You know, uh-huh. Kellen Moore was a hot shot. Like, I think he could have been the head coach at Boise State. I-, I believe he probably thought he should be an NFL head coach by now. And then Mike McCarthy says, okay, see you later. I'm going to call plays here now. He goes to the Chargers. The Chargers don't have a very good season. And, and look at Kellen Moore's star right now. Mm-hmm. He's not even getting – I don't think he's gotten requested once. Oh, I, I think he, I think he's – well, no, maybe you're right. I don't think he's been requested, but when they did some of those, like mm-hmm. – Preseason, or I mean, pre-coaching carousel. Yeah, but polls, I care. I don't they thought care about Kellen Moore was going to be a top five candidate. But to your you're po- talking about, I, but I don't care about publications right. I don't and think writers. I, don't I think care about actual. If he did, maybe it was one. But what are his odds of landing a job? I, I think that they're extremely small. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six three three one two. Let's be honest. Bobby needs at least one more year under his belt. Yes, he's a good offensive coach, but you got an amazing quarterback and the culture that D'Amico created is truly what got the team this far. Besides. Carolina is a terrible place to go, especially considering their owner. I agree with most of that. I agree with almost all of that. I do believe it's more the culture that D'Amico's created. I do believe it's more C.J. Stroud. Although that ratio, how much is Stroud, how much is Slowick, is a fascinating question to me because we really don't know the answer. It could be 99% Stroud, 1% Slowick. What if it's 50-50? Right. Like that's, that's why I don't want Slowick to leave because I don't want to know the answer to that and it'd be the wrong answer. I have faith in Stroud, but like, don't rock the nest. You know what I mean? But where I would disagree, like, what is Bobby going to gain from another year of calling offensive plays? I don't like, especially with the same staff. Like, I think D'Amico's a great coach. Bobby's been with D'Amico for what, four or five years if you dated back to San Francisco? So, Bobby Slowick, in terms of becoming a head coach, why is he going to be better in a year? I don't really understand that. Well, and the thing is, too. We know it's one thing to be a really good play caller and offensive coordinator. We know that there's so much more. When you're the head coach, there's going to be a whole lot, no matter what you did as an offensive coordinator this year. Look at Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett was, was you know, being pumped up by everybody as this great OC that was just waiting for the right job to, to be a head coach. And he literally crapped the bed over and over again. They had to bring in a guy that was like a, a, a guidance counselor during the year to try and help him with the head coaching responsibilities and how to use the, 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 the replay and you know the challenge flag and all these things he wasn't thinking about. It's, a, it's another big, big step to take it and say, it's not just me calling plays, being a great OC, but just giving me the head coach title. There's a ton of responsibility and job duties that go with that that 
you got to be prepared for. Yeah, it. I think the transition is the transition, whether it's this year or next year. And I don't think that anything with him being an OC yeah. next year is going to help that. B. Hannon said the Chargers interviewed Kellen Moore, so that was the one okay, spot. No, and the Panthers requested him. Did the Panthers request okay. Kellen yeah. Moore too? Okay, so maybe his stars a little bit better than I thought. Not as good as it was, but better than I thought. I imagine he's a long shot to get either one of those. Oh jobs, wait, though. nope. But car wreck of the day. Uh, that's from 2023. Okay, so that was uh, a year ago. Yeah, that was the Carolina one. Yeah, Carolina. So yeah. we know that. But Kellen the Chargers, he did intern. It was yes. an internal interview. I bet okay. you that was a favor too. Probably. That I mean, total guess. Maybe he's, they might name him the head coach tomorrow. I would imagine that was a favor for a first uh, one year offensive coordinator, and then you fired his head coach. Plus, you brought him here from da- you brought him there from Dallas. You probably competed to get him. And either you want him, if you're the Spanos family, you probably want his contract off the books if it was a multi-year. Yeah. So help him try and get more interviews. I wouldn't put it past the Spanos family if they try to make his OC salary and just make him the head coach. That's how cheap the Spanos mm-hmm. family is. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. All right, are, are any of these things worth getting worked up over? We can include Slowick in that conversation too. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line, 713-780-377. Six. If you do get worked up, you need a little bit of Gentle Ben in your life. I've been telling you that Gentle Ben is the best, and it's time for you to drink smarter with Gentle Ben. We're trying to make smarter choices in 2024. Start with your spirits, and it all starts with the finest ingredients, classic time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses their innovative process that removes the harshness and heat that's found in most spirits. The result is unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience. You get all the flavor, none of the burn. Gentle Ben takes away the bite, takes away the burn, and allows for an enjoyable drinking experience that you will love. You'll love what's not in Gentle Ben, including fusel oils. Fusel is the German word for bad liquor. Bad liquor is not in Gentle Ben. Never has been, never will be. Gentle Ben offers vodka, gin, straight bourbon whiskey, cast strength bourbon. All are fantastic. All are in my rotation. What's in your rotation? Next time you head to dinner, go to your favorite bar, ask for Gentle Ben. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store. Pick up a bottle or two today. Looking for plans? Head out to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room, an outstanding spot to have a, have a drink. If you're going to a Rockets game, guess what's in the Toyota Center? Ben's Bar. You can get some Gentle Ben on the way to your seat. Head to GentleBen.com to learn more, and you can order Gentle Ben straight from the website. Add Gentle Ben to your cart at GentleBen.com. Crafted in Texas by Ricky Ford, A&M grad, Three parts craft, one part science. That's Gentle Ben. You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. Aaron says what happened to all the hype about Josh McCown, QB coach at Carolina. Are they even looking at him? I don't think that hype was by many. I think that he was hyped by a few. Um... Easterby wasn't allowed to hire him. Reich brought him in as a quarterback coach, and that was a Peterson, disaster. Peterson liked him too, right? Well, we know that he played for Peterson. Did, he, did Peterson, Peterson give him an gonna, offer? Yeah, I think Peterson was going to try and hire him. I don't know if that was more than a rumor. I, I don't thought remember. Peterson was going to try and hire him initially, and then Carolina got to him or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't have much star to his, uh, his coaching name. He did get fired. With Reich, Reich yeah. 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 he was. I think he was more of a casualty of Reich than I mean anything else. But, uh, yeah, imagine that, though. Like, here, here, the interim head coach gets the job, and he says, okay, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. Like, your coworkers are firing you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, not a, a great good look. look. That's not a great look. Uh, yeah, that, that Reich hire was, was atrocious. Uh, 7165, if CJ gets hurt next year, then Slowick's interest will drop when the quarterback play does. We saw how those two games went without CJ. Strike while it is hot. 
I agree mostly. Like you have to like your spot though. And look, maybe Slowick likes Bryce Young. Maybe Slowick looks at that personnel in Carolina and doesn't think it's all that bad. Like Jonathan Mingo was drafted around Tank Dell's draft spot. Adam Thielen's getting a little bit older and older, but he had a really productive season. You know, defensively they're not atrocious. So, I mean, you have to like but where he says you want to go. Out too, remember that it, the post game. I mean, uh, Thielen. Yeah, after the last game, they talked to him and he said. Hey, I'm not getting any more uh, any younger. I don't have many more opportunities left. I want to play for a winner. Interesting. Uh, one, two, six, four. While I believe in CJ and I think that he will be fine and continue to progress, I am legitimately concerned about Slowick leaving because of the creativity of the play calling and play design. Losing him can't not hurt. Uh, that's from Space City Kev. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I have faith that CJ Stroud's going to be just fine. I just don't want to find out. I don't want to have to figure out that question if I don't have to. Yeah, I, I, I've said all along, the thing that bothers me the most or that would worry me the most is you're missing, you're losing out on the continuity, the communication, the relationship that's already been built in the fact that you've got a situation that is just custom-made to continue to succeed with the season that are, your rookie quarterback had and can continue to have when if, if it ain't broke, then there's nothing to fix, and it just the, the, the engine keeps on rolling down the track. And you've got a really, really solid offensive uh, system and, and roster built up, and it's only going to get better. But where things can fall a little bit short, or at least even if in the best-case scenario, you still are going to have to adapt as C.J. Stroud because you're going to have to build a new relationship and you're going to have to communicate and figure out you know, what, what the style is of the new O.C. as opposed to the guy that you got to know and whatever tweaks go to the playbook and the, the, the terminology and everything else. 6-8-90, if you want to know how good uh, Slowick is, look how he did without Stroud, not great. Okay, I think that goes two ways. Cleveland game was not. Cleveland game was not good, uh, but you are playing the number one defense in the NFL. Tennessee game, he put up 340 yards with Case Keenum. So, True. like, that was pretty solid performance without C.J. Stroud. Now, it was not in Cleveland. I would say it was pretty solid in Tennessee. So, I think that kind of goes uh, both ways. The other thing is, l- let's be real. The fact is, is that you 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 call plays based on who you have executing them. And you know going in that if you feel for any you know reason, obviously, that Case Keenum is not what CJ is, you're not going to call the same plays you call for CJ for Case Keenum. You're going to go to the same playbook. You're going to go to different plays. But the playbook are, you know, is the size of a, of a Sears catalog back in the day or a dictionary for a reason. There's a ton to choose from, and you're going to make the appropriate plays for the personnel you have on the field. Random thought. What do you think of Cliff Kingsbury as Bill Belichick's OC in Atlanta? I don't. Cliff played for Belichick. I don't hate it from the standpoint of Bill needs a hell, a hell of a lot of help on the offensive side of the football. And the fact is, is there are some weapons to use in Atlanta. And so don't go being bigger than and be, thinking you're better than every coach out there and going and do stupid stuff like hiring your defensive coordinator to call your offensive plays. Or, you know, you go to the old generic Bill O'Brien tree. You go to a guy that can be as innovative as the NFL is offensively these days with a passing game. And you put a better guy than you on the offensive side of the ball. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. I'm a no on Cliff anywhere. Really? What I about your he, and he's favorite? I'm not favorite. He's interviewed by your Bears. I mean, look at like we're having discussions about Caleb Williams because of the drop in play he had this year, which Cliff Kingsbury is part of. Not really. I mean, I mean he, the head he coach was the OC. Was an, no, he wasn't. He wasn't the OC. He, he was, was an a, offensive, uh, offensive analyst. analyst. Yeah. Well, like Patrick Mahomes, like best quarterback of our lifetime, was great in college. Had tremendous numbers. Like, like was he? Like, yeah. He was the third quarterback taken. 
He had he still had good numbers in college. Cliff's Cliff's problem was he not has, offense. He has they have numbers, but they they don't do like the little things. Right. I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I think you're, a, I think your hatred of Cliff is it because he's good looking? No. Why do, why do you dislike <laughs> Cliff so much here? I don't dislike Sean McVay. Yeah, that's a good point. Good good counter. <laughs> Thank good you. good rebuttal. Cliff. Cliff is a great offensive mind. But he's had like Kyler, Patrick, Kyler, Caleb. They put up num- all he of those put up guys numbers put up with Kyler, numbers. but they don't, they don't win because he's not a good head coach. He's not a good head coach. I think Fair. he's terrific as an offense coordinator. <laughs> terrific. I'll see. I, I would see it. Like I don't see it. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> like I just I don't see it. It's like I hope I'm wrong, and, and wherever he goes, he can be good because like he would be fun in Atlanta. He could be fun in Chicago. But like it just feels like he's the most overhyped coach of our generation. He doesn't feel good. well as a head coach. I don't think he's yeah, a head coach. I think we know that there are guys. Wade's a perfect example. Wade's always been a great defensive coordinator. Wade was a little different when he becomes a head coach. Some guys are just born and and made to be coordinators and don't have the same level of success as a head coach. That that shouldn't take away from their ability to be a great coordinator. Yeah, I guess I just I don't know. I like, think he's a just... terrible fit in Chicago, though. Like Eberflus is your head coach and Cliff is your OC. Like that that feels off. That they're not. I don't think they would coexist. I feel like they're two very different guys. It but, seems very odd. But yeah. isn't isn't that Kingsbury and Belichick? Well, it depends on if, what Belichick wants to do with his uh, with his offense. Like stay the hell out of it would be great. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Eberflus hiring Cliff is more. They're being forced. He's being forced to hire Cliff, where Belichick's not going to be forced into hiring his offensive coordinator. But I think and it, there's a relationship there. But it, true, but 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 from Eberflus and Belichick's perspective, if you truly are defensive guys, then the best thing you can do is hire the best offensive guy that I can possibly find to do something that I'm not as good at doing. See, I just I actually think that there's more cohesion from what you want to do as a defensive guy, and then how you want your offense to look. Like if you're a defensive minded head coach, you want to run the air raid? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Depends on the I weapons think, you have. It depends on your I roster. I disagree because, like, if you're a defensive-minded guy, you believe in ball control, you believe in time of possession, you believe in eating the clock, you believe in complimentary football, and you're going to bring in an air raid that's slinging it around 50 times and not using up any clock. I I disagree completely. See, I think, but if you've got Pitts in London and Bijan, and you've got all these offensive weapons that are just dying to get into a a, a spread, you know, West Coast or just explosive offense. And, and and no matter what you believe in from a defensive-minded head coach perspective, you capitalize on on the weapons that you have already on the roster. Now, you need a quarterback, obviously, too. Mm-hmm. Four to seven. I meant more for Chicago uh, than, okay, than, than New Atlanta. England. Yeah. But I think Belichick would be like, hey, Cliff, uh, we can do that cool stuff, but uh, how about you use some time? Uh, four, seven, six, one. How do I know one afternoon host has never had a job that involves professional development? The question, what could Slowick gain by staying, shows how little Branham knows about the development of a coach. Knowledge is power for everyone uh, but politician and radio talk show host. What is Sloak going to gain in another year that's going to better train like, him to be a head is coach? Is D'Amico going to give him the red flag? Exactly. Hey, hey, Bobby, you stay. You it's can just, have the red flag. You can call the timeouts. Yeah. Like, yes, the, he can game plan and prep, which he does now. You know what's going to make him a better head coach by being a head coach and doing head coach things? Like, being an offense coordinator and being a head coach are so different. They are entirely different jobs they're not even close and i don't think being an offensive coordinator quite frankly trains you to be a head coach i mean exhibit a is nathaniel hackett 
Yeah, seven three two two. D'Amico's a defensive minded coach. CJ slings that thing. They're pretty balanced, and they're not going to sit there and go tempo. They're not going to sit there and have a two minute offense the entire game. They're pretty balanced. They also go West Coast Shanahan style, which believes in like ball control, methodical drives, don't turn it over. So I I actually think that what the Texans do offensively does fit. Don't you think Cliff D'Amico would tone it down a bit? He's learned his lesson too that he can't go complete air raid. It depends on who his boss is. Like if his if his boss is saying, "Hey, we're not." We're not. We can't do that. Like, if it's. I think he would listen to Belichick, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But if he's hired by general manager or ownership, and it's taken out of the hands of Eberflus, because I don't think Eberflus has a whole lot of power in Chicago. He was very lucky to keep his job. Right. So if if somebody above him saying he the, this guy's going to be our offensive coordinator, you're almost giving him more power than Eberflus. So is that going to slow him down? I don't know. That's why I don't like that fit with Eberflus because yeah. I think it's somebody else that's hiring Cliff, forcing Eberflus to take him on. And whenever you do that, I don't. I think that you're clashing from the word go. I, I think we talked about this you know, prior to the show, and I, I, Joe, I think you were the one that said it, but or maybe it was you, Jeremy. But either one, you're spot on. We'll know exactly what the Bears are going to do with quarterback position, depending on who they hire. Because the only reason why you would interview Cliff if Cliff was at USC with Caleb Williams is if you can't give him Lincoln Riley to go to the NFL with, then you can give him the next best thing. To me, that makes a lot of sense for me. Like if if Chicago's like we want Caleb, let's bring in Cliff because he's going to be a good play caller for him. It makes total sense. I just think it's a clash with OC and head coach. I think you're putting more, like you're giving Cliff more power, quite frankly, than an Eberflus. Like I think it's going to be a situation where, uh, whenever who was it in um, in Tampa, they got fired and they went with the offensive Love coordinator. It. It was Lovey that got fired, and they went with I can't remember the guy. D, D, no Dieter. They didn't. Oh, that's right. He like got fired. Name. It was. It was. It they, was Dieter. I think. No, it wasn't Dieter. Uh, but he was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Jameis Winston had a good rookie year, and they were scared that he was going to leave, right. so they fired Lovey and promoted him to be the head coach. Like To me, that's the situation that Chicago would create with Eberflus and Cliff. But you, and you also look at it to the point previous which that I brought up that you guys were talking about is if you go with Greg Roman, Greg Roman is known for putting an entire scheme around a running quarterback like yep. Lamar. So that means you're going to stay with Fields, yep. and you're going to ask him to do what he did for Lamar for Justin Fields. And if they're going to move on from him, then you're going to get a guy that fits more Caleb, and the best fit yeah. would be a guy that worked with Caleb this year at SC. And that's why yeah. they're a terrible organization. I believe Joe's 100% right. I think that's that you're good gonna, thinking, though. I think it's an awful thinking. Joe's right, and they're, they're going to tip their How hand you, on the quarterback by who they hire as OC. It's, it's January 18th. You're going to make a decision? You're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury to be Caleb Williams' OC? Like, it's, it's, April, it's January 18th. You haven't even gone to the combine yet. I mean, you can love the guy. Uh, yeah. like, like, like you're going to make your decision on your OC before you really like yeah. deep dive and talk to these guys. But here's for the, the first thing: time? you got to be prepared either way, right? So you're talking to guys and and you're learning along the way too, because maybe you don't even hire that guy, but you like the, <laughs> no, some of the tendencies sure. too, right? For sure. But it's just like the idea that like they might do this. Like you're going to hire Greg Roman, and then what if you love Drake May? <laughs> what are you doing? But again, like, I don't think Greg Roman's getting any head coaching opportunities. And I don't think Cliff's going to get any. Yeah, so you're hiring your OC. You, the next two but weeks. you can draw it out a little bit too. Nah, that's not really how they do it, though. I do mean, what? The, the 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 coaching process and who you hire is done like with relatively the next two three weeks. Like you're not going to go into the you're not going to go into draft season without an OC. No, but I'm saying you'll have a a, pretty, a better idea, right? But again, it's it's twofold. One, we talked about this throughout a, a lot of the coaching opportunities that are out there. Ownership and management are looking to try and pick the brain and learn from every guy you bring in. Yeah. And also in the process, you you got a pretty good idea if you're going to lean to a running quarterback or you're going to lean towards a, a pocket passer. 
and you would you'll make the choice accordingly. But you have choices that are connected to the two guys that you're going to have at quarterback next year. Yeah, I, I agree with Joe that Chicago is a dumpster fire organization. Sorry, Joe, uh, it's I just agree. how I feel. Uh, maybe they can be our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are you nominating for our car wreck of the day? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Speaking of HRP. Human Resources and Payroll, HR&P. It's Cougar owned by my colleague, O'Cougs. Members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row. That's a prestigious company there. You've seen the HRP signage of U of H games. You've seen their beautiful building off the beltway. But business owners, what you really need to know about HR&P is that they're here to help you. They want to take a little bit off your hands. That way you can either spend some time on the golf course or, or back in your business. Yeah, definitely back in your business. They can help in HR and compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRMP can help in any or all of those areas. There's no boxes with HRMP. Doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job. HRMP completely customizes the plan for what you and your business needs. If you have a problem, you have an issue, you want to take a little off your plate, HRMP will find a way to help. And they do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets service they have the best tech you'll love that but you'll fall in love with their service guaranteed fulfillment you'll never talk to a stranger you'll always talk to someone who knows you they know your business needs i can attest to that Uh, i've had plenty of questions we all know that i have tons of questions and anytime that i have one for hrmp a quick answer that's easy to understand very thankful to have hrmp here at gal media give them a call right now 281-880-6525 and let hrmp customize a plan for you 281-880 or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. You all right? My leg is broken. The ball's coming through. I'll give you a f***ing money, you brick. Where's my f***ing money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. He's blank on Branham. Time for our car wreck of the day. Presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are you nominating for car wreck of the day? 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line 713-780-3776. Blankers, blankers, what you got? Well, I'm curious because I think Ocho texted this in earlier and he wanted to nominate Rodney Terry because of the fact that he got mad that the Central Florida guys did the horns down. Don't call them Central Florida. They get ticked off about that. They're UCF. Okay, UCF from UCF. Central Florida. Um, they get really mad. What put the horns down in the handshake line after they beat Texas. Um, I mean, were they? I didn't see the video. Did they do it to the actual team and the players? They were doing it to the fans, um, were they not? They're both. <laughs> it was uh, in the handshake line after the game. UCF upsetting Texas in Austin. Although I think the spread was pretty close. Uh, but during the handshake line, there was a few players in the back of the line. You couldn't really see the players. You could only see Rodney Terry in the video I watched. But apparently they were doing the horns down if thing. You, and you, Rodney Terry was yelling at the players. See, my, my thing is, is like if you're going to do it to the fans that are yelling at you, I understand it. But you're if you're doing it to the team that you ju- that just you know that you just won. I think act like you've been there before. Just don't do it to the team never and the coaching before. staff. But I'm just saying, don't do it to the team you just competed against, unless they were talking mad smack and they were disrespecting you. Yeah. But I wouldn't do that. But if the fans are, are getting in your business, I don't have any problem doing it to the fans. These Texas are a bunch of babies. Who you lost the? You don't want people to do horns down. You know what you do? You win. Yeah, that's true. The game. 
especially at home. You just put, like, what did they do? They put their hands upside down and they did this. When is this such a criminal thing? They didn't, like, put their middle finger in the air right in your face. They didn't say anything bad about your mama. They didn't say, like, anything derogatory. They literally put their hands upside down and pointed their index finger and their pinky downwards. And you're going to be so sensitive to cry about that? Here's a little hometown story. I'm a Houston guy. We all know that. Do you know why the U of H, Paul, does not have the ring finger? Or the ring finger? Because Houston, the Cougars, who are about to play the Longhorns one day, our live Cougar, Shasta, had his ring finger like amputated by the cage on the, uh, the gate on the cage. You know what Texas fans did? They started to put up the U of H sign to mock the animal, the poor Cougar. The poor Cougar. He has feelings. Longhorn fans were doing that to mock the Cougar. Houston won that game, so it caught on. But now you're going to cry about an upside-down horn? That's contradicting your hypocrite. Stop being babies. I, I, I don't think you do it because we've seen what's happened in the, in the handshake line and how they were trying to eliminate it. I think it's fine to do it to the fans. I, I just don't think you do it to the team you competed against. You know what's worse than having an upside-down hook'em to Texas players? A grown man head coach yelling at college student athletes for putting their hand upside down. That's way worse. That's way worse. I I think both can be both can be wrong. I don't think he should have even he didn't have to address it unless he was doing it. They were doing it to his players because that's how fights happen. But I don't have any problem with them doing it to the fans. I just wouldn't do it. Win or lose, act like you you want you won the game. You don't have to do that to the other team. Yeah, babies in Austin. Keep Austin babyish. Uh, I'm going to nominate Josh Giddy because uh, I don't want to let him off as easy mm. as he's being let off in the courts or whatever. He's not going to be charged because no one's willing to talk. I'm willing to talk. Josh Giddy should not be playing basketball. Well, I mean, everybody's a due, due process or whatever, justice. But this is ridiculous. Josh Giddy. I mean, he's dating girls that are lower than his season average. This is ridiculous, this Josh Giddy thing. Look, I'm with you on that. Uh, The the fact is, is the NBA tried to tap dance like Bobby Sloak a little bit, saying that no criminal charges were filed against Josh Giddy. They couldn't find enough evidence, but we remain. the, The case does remain open while the NBA continues to investigate. The bottom line is the tweet was there and that there was the two of them in the tweet and then suddenly it disappeared. You figure out why it disappeared, why no one's willing to talk. I mean, Giddy said his claim is that the girl lied to him, which, I mean, that does happen. Uh, but uh, more people should be talking about Josh Giddy. Don't you let him be off better the hook. than that, too. Absolutely. You got to make sure, Joe. No question. What you got nominating? Oh, there's only really one thing. I don't really know what I'm nominating because I just know I'm nominating something cryptic and confusing on Instagram. But I'm going to nominate Jalen Green. He posted this on his Instagram story. It's a sad old looking man looking at a poster. And the poster says, you're so in your head, you can't even enjoy where you are. I don't know what it means, guys, but... Stop trying to figure out what 21-year-olds mean by posting quotes on Instagram. He's a car wreck. He hadn't been great. I'm getting a little impatient. I've been super patient with Jalen Green. You have more than the, more than Joe and I. And I'm still going to give him throughout the rest of the year. I'm still going to give him the rest of the year. But I, I'm starting to grow a little impatient. But I don't care what 21 year olds are posting on Instagram. I don't follow no. players. I don't care what they say. I, I just it doesn't it doesn't affect me one way or another. Yeah, hope he's not dealing with depression, emotional issues. But you know what? You signed up for this. You're a professional athlete. You're going to be scrutinized on everything you do when you were a first round pick drafted where you were. It's a tough situation to be in because you're not performing where everybody thought you would. It could also just mean that he got bad pizza in New York. Like, I have, like it could mean anything. It could mean he's playing poor. It could mean he didn't like his pizza in New York and he's more of a Chicago guy. It could mean anything. It seems like it's directed at, like, 
life. I mean, we don't know that. We're making like we're making these assumptions. Isn't that why you put no it out idea. there so that you would? I don't know. I have no. I couldn't tell you what's going on in the mind of twenty-one-year-old Jalen Green. It's better than what's going on in the mind of twenty-something-year-old Josh Giddy. I'll tell you that. What's winning car wreck of the day? I'll go Josh Giddy. Right, I'm gonna go Rodney Terry. I'm gonna go Rodney it's Terry. Texas. Oh, there's Brian. I wonder how he feels about that. All right, Rodney Terry, our car wreck <laughs> of the day. Presented by, I bet you Brian's mad they lost the game. Presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Coming up next, game on. Best hour of sports radio you hear all week. Jerome Solomon, Barry Lemonak. Barry Lemonak going to be on with Jerome today? We'll see. Uh, that's the tease. Will Barry be on today? Uh, thanks to Joe for doing all the hard work. He's blank on Brian. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Game on next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.